You are listening to Down Home. A few months back, Jay and I were talking about how important a role sports played in our lives growing up in Nova Scotia. Participating in organized sports teaches young people how to deal with adversity, teamwork, and of course it provides an avenue to meet other kids and forge friendships. In this episode, we explore the role that sports played in cementing our bonds to our neighborhoods in Halifax. To help with this discussion, we have reconnected with two brothers from down home, Nathan Thompson and Tony Marsman. Welcome to Down Home, the Nova Scotia experience for two black men. I am Derek Wise, and as always, we have Jay Jones. What's happening, y'all? And our conversation this week is with uh, two brothers from Down Home that we have connections to, uh, both uh, Nathan Thompson. What's up, Nathan? How you doing? And Tony Marsman. How you doing? Good, good, man. So, so Nathan, I'll, uh, I'll let you explain how we're all connected, man. Sure. Let's start with my connection with Jay. So Jay and I first met, I'm going to say we're probably about three years old at uh, Mm. nursery school at Cornwall Street Church. Yeah. Jay's grandmother, uh, the late uh, Mrs. Jean Skinner and uh, Miss Myra Bailey were our teachers. Mm -hmm. So that's my connection with Jay. And of course, Derek, I'll let the rest of the world know you and I are cousins. Uh, My grandfather and your uh, late grandmother were uh, brother and sisters. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see you, cuz. Good to see you, too. <laughs> and Tony, how are we all connected, man? Yes, as you know, uh, me and Jay, we grew up in the Heights together. Uh, you know, first two black families up there. And uh, I know you from Jay. And me and Nathan, we know each other from school, ball, the, the neighborhood, all mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's down home, man. Everyone's connected somehow, right? Nathan, exactly. where are you at living at now in Halifax? I'm in Spryfield. Okay, oh, Spryfield? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, has become the place to be. It is. I'll tell you. There's a lot of brothers out here. Yeah. Really? A lot of brothers yeah. out here. Gentrification. I never thought yeah. in all my years Spryfield would ever be gentrified. Well, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, yeah. hey, I'm from there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, it is cool, man. Um, now, growing up, all, all four of us, sports uh, played a pretty big role in um in growing up and how we how we came up and stuff like that um what role does sports play with the way that you guys fit into your neighborhoods uh tony i'll let you start off there well, as i was saying sports sports was a big factor for me i mean it helped me uh i went to a lot of uh white schools when i was down here i went to schwacht heights major stevens halifax west and playing sports helped me fit in with with the community that was there and as a kid growing up I mean, actually, I was a late bloomer in a lot of sports. I didn't get to really play sports till later on in life. But um, it, it, it helped me uh, get around and connect with people and, and get to know a lot of people. Yeah. Now, going to a lot of um, schools where you, you were probably one of uh, maybe two or three black kids in the whole school. Yeah. Did, did you find that uh, sports actually gave you a bit more of acceptance in the, commun- in the, the school populace there? Uh, you know, uh, in a way it did, but in a way it didn't. 
because I went to a lot of schools, but like I said, I grew up in the white neighborhood. So all my friends that I went to school with were still there, even though we didn't play ball, we didn't do anything. We didn't play sports. I still knew them, but I met more people playing sports and connecting with more people for, through sports. If I didn't play sports, I probably wouldn't have the friends I'd have now. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's a valid point. And because, um, you know, I know ball was big for you, but um, what role did it play in having you to connect to your neighborhood, the North End? Yeah, sports was huge um, growing up. <clears throat> as most of you guys know, the community Y, um, I started going there when it was in Alexander School. Right. Um, I had the... Uh, the ability to meet a lot of good friends. Um, but most importantly, I met a lot of good mentors. Um, mm-hmm. One of my first coaches was the late great Gary Farmer. And uh, not only did he teach us about, you know, playing basketball, but it was also about, you know, being successful in the classroom as well. Um, I can remember going on trips, you know, we'd go to Cape Breton and if we were going to Sydney, well, we stopped at the Alexander Graham Bell uh, Museum in Bedak because we were getting a history lesson. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, sports was huge. I mean, it, it was a way for me to fit in, like like Tony mentioned also. But it was also a way for me to stay busy. Right. Um, it's, you know, just growing up, you know, in the inner city, there's a lot of different distractions. And uh, I was just lucky enough to have sports to kind of sway me away from all of those distractions. Yeah. 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 It's, um, you know, talking about the North End, um, there were a lot of uh, really talented uh, athletes that came out of the North End. Uh, anything come to mind? Anyone come to mind? Tons. I, I, I'll tell you, I'm just going back to looking at um, my uncle's Jason's generation and the basketball players that came from that era. We're talking like the Augie Jones, you know, yeah. Wade Smiths, Wade Tyrone Carvers, yeah. Daryl Johnsons. I'm going to throw out a name that a lot of people probably haven't even heard in years. The late great James E. Carvery. Oh, James E. was Kirby. a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, phenomenal athlete. Just doesn't get the credit that a lot of these other guys do because he passes, you know, at a younger age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those guys are sometimes often forgotten, but paved the way. You know, and exactly. you know, honestly, like Tony, for us growing up in a white neighborhood, essentially two black families playing sports was really the only way we bonded a lot in how you sort of became acclimated with your white friends, because that was, you know, we're coming from an age before computers and video games, you had to be outside anyway. So, you know, you're out there doing something fun and constructive. It's funny. And the dynamic would change sometimes that camaraderie in sports being in, being in an all white neighborhood changed the dynamic when we started to go to school, because then everyone started to fit into these roles of bullying. So you, you, you kind of change, but you're like, Hey man, I was just on, on court with you or playing football with you. And it's so funny. I remember going, okay, I'll remember that the next time we're on the court. So you take, <laughs> take it at them a little bit more. But it's funny how the common bond through it all and how you gain respect from each other is sometimes on those courts or fields that you're doing battle on, you know? Yeah. yeah exactly. It's, it's interesting because that's, you know, Nathan, me, you and I growing up in the, the North End, that's, that's an aspect of it that we really didn't, like me with football, and you with basketball, like uh, we didn't really have to deal with that. Like I, re- I remember in the North End at the time, I, there were there weren't 
many other faces other than black faces that I that I grew up around and played sports with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um continue on that theme though. Uh like Tony growing up in an all-white neighborhood, uh, when you were younger, um, besides your family, what other types of outlets did you have uh to experience black culture in Halifax? Man, you know what? To be honest with you, growing up, not not a lot. I mean, I had my family, and uh, we grew up. I mean, you can ask Jay. I mean, even Jay, uh, yeah, we're the two black families up there. But me and Jay never hung until later on in life, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? We never really met and, and hung out. I mean, Jay's mm-hmm. a couple years younger and stuff, but it was like you know what I mean. It was just like it was still two worlds. He was down there, I was up here, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah, we always knew that, each other. Yes. But other than that, it was just like my family. People would always come to our house, like to the Marsman's house up there uh, in, in, in the Heights. And the parties on the weekend, Sunday dinners and stuff like that. So uh, other than that, I, I really didn't go out a lot as a younger kid until my like uh, young teens. Then I started playing baseball uh, down uh, Central, down down playing down there for um um, boomer, boomer. Down, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. playing hardball down the commons with boomer and that's why basically i met a lot of the guys from, from down the north end there like paul paul marsman and nathan and and uh lloyd and floyd um you know hanging out and stuff like that and that's when i really started to uh hang and and knowing that you know okay there's the there's more black people outside of uh, Klein Heights. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Tony, question, did, did you find, like, because I found, like, I was in Klein Heights during the week, and then on the weekends, um, especially going to church and stuff with, you know, to Cornwall Street Baptist Church, I was yes. there and I experienced the black culture on the weekend, and then going, of course, going to hang out in the square, visiting my grandmother, uh, you know, Gene Skinner, um, and seeing Nathan and all those guys hanging at the dummy field. Yeah. But I felt like I, did you feel you had to change within those two worlds once you started, you know, experiencing the, the different cultures? Ah, uh, change a, a little. Mm. But I felt, but my change was with the, with the black community right. because I never really, you know what I mean. I I never really grew up with black people my age right. kind of thing. So when I started hanging out with the guys my age, and you know, and these guys are doing this, but I'm doing that, right? So you know, now I got to try to fit in with these guys because I already yeah. fit in with the guys from the Heights. Like we all grew up together. I mean, you yeah. know, Kenny Eisenhower and, yeah. and Scott Rowe, and you know, all the guys from the thing. So. We were all there, but then when I started going in town, yeah, it was different. So it was like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta be black. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's no. the kind of thing, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, it happens for sure. Yeah. Um, so Nathan, like, like I said, spending time in the North End, you know, growing up preschool to church for me, and spending a lot of time there on the weekends, uh, I did see a side of, uh, you know, of of the city that you know I definitely didn't see in Klein Heights. Do you? How do you feel about what it's like in the North End now with uh, gentrification taking place? Well, I can tell. You, I'm going to go back to you know hanging out with my buddies probably like 35, 40 years ago, growing up in Uniac Square. And we said, you know what? This place is too nice for the government not to sell it. We were counting down the days. Like we said, Mm. 
we know this is going to happen. Like it's a hop, skip and a jump from downtown. Yeah. You, know, you got beautiful views of the Harbor. Right. I yeah. said, we always thought, you know, it's only going to be time before they knock on our door, drop us a letter and say, it's time for you guys to move on. Wow. Um, you know, years later, I, uh, moved from the downtown area. I was looking to move back down. My, my wife and I, we had our first child and we were looking to move back down to the downtown area and looking at rents, like on streets that were predominantly black when we were up Maynard street, Creighton street, you know, and I was working at the time, but there was no way in heck that we could afford yeah. you know, to, to live there. Right. So mm-hmm. our really, honestly, our, our only shot at that time really to, to raise, to start raising our family was to move back into public housing. And that's what we did. Um, mm-hmm. Also recall a, a, a time, you know, later on before I actually moved to Spryfield about 15, 20 years ago, where where the Derby was right next to the community Y. So right. that whole lot, believe it or not, from Maynard or sorry, from Goddard Street right down to Maitland Street, that whole block, the building in that was for sale. Really? Yeah. $250,000. Wow. Sounds like a crazy stretch of amount of money, but we're talking $250,000 for an entire almost half block. a block, yeah. you know, yeah. right. And I, you know, I can remember like just going around to friends, like guys, like, you know, we should try to get our money together. Right. And, you know, do something. But unfortunately at the time, you know, we had like a pot to pee in and a couple of pennies <laughs> yeah. scratched together and no yeah, one really yeah. had the money at the time, but looking yeah. back at it, like if we could have got our hands on something like that and just the potential, you know, mm-hmm. of, of things that we could do for our community, right? You know, yeah. the black businesses, right? You know, things like that, you know, having your own black nightclub, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, was was a goal, always a goal of mine. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you exactly. guys, you guys know yourself, we've all been, you know, to the downtown clubs and yeah, yeah they'll take your money, but do they really want you there? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. always something sometimes. Yeah, the changes in the north end, like I, I haven't been home. I was home uh a year before covid so 2019 was the last time i was home seems like uh ages ago but you know every time i go home i'll walk through and walk down creighton street and look at my grandmother's house kind of thing and this last time that i that i went creighton street was very different (laughs) like i mean very very different a lot of changes going on down there yeah and in all the businesses and all the construction that was going on on godican street like um, at, at first look, it's like, oh, yeah, great. But then you're walking down the neighborhood and the faces are very different. You know, um, all those old faces, all those old families are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and, and it wasn't until I, I got home to my mother's house and, and kind of thought about it. And I was talking to her. I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I could not believe. And then I started doing some research. And and I come to find out that uh, the the racial makeup of the North end is very different now, man. Like uh, where in years past, the the North end was, con- was at least, at least a third of the North end was, was black. And then you had other races mixed in there that made up where, where white people may maybe made up half of the population of the North end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, like there's, I think, it, I think the last time I looked, it was like uh, 12 to 15%. Yeah. yeah our black black families now so yeah it's it's um it's kind of disheartening it's it's uh it's pretty bad man yeah communities getting scattered so you know and i wonder if they if 
do you guys find you lose a sense of self as far as being a part of the black community and having to scatter based on these sort of things like gentrification stuff? What do you do that, that keeps that sort of black spirit alive? Tony, why don't you answer that? Man? Oh, <laughs> me. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I, family's always been there. So long as I got the family with me, all right. I, I, we know, uh, we can always talk about things, always uh, deal with stuff that way. But um, as the, the spread and the thinness, I mean, everyone's moving, mm-hmm. everyone's doing something. Yeah, I, I just like you know what I mean. I, I keep I keep to my family now, and just just go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the main thing, I guess. That's where the the community really starts, right? Right there. Yeah. So Derek and I decided to leave Halifax to explore different things. And, you know, I remember Tony, you being kind enough to put me up for a couple months before I made the transition. Yeah. Oh, it was months. Um, Jeez. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised we're still friends. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, he was kind enough to do that. And I got quite close with his family uh, before leaving. And I always cherish that. Um, but yeah, we left down home and, uh, what went into your decision to to stay? Both of you, you can, Nathan, you go first. Sure. Uh, for me, I think a lot of it was fear. Really? Fear of the unknown, to be honest. I, I can remember um, my first year of high school, my, my mom moved to Toronto for a job. And yeah. I seriously was thinking about, okay, Nathan, this is, you know, this should be, this could be a good move for you. You know, you get to Toronto, it's a bigger city, no more exposure. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to miss too many people, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, my mom is there, but I got to see her four times a year. Mm. So it wasn't so bad, kind of lessened, you know, the, the hurt and the sting. Mm. But for me, honestly, my fear of, you know, being away from all of my family and friends is, I think, what kept me here in Halifax. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reason. What about you, Tony? Oh, you mean, it's basically the same thing. I mean, I go on his family, right? I mean, yeah. you know me. I mean, oh, I have my son young. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was a young teenager with a kid and moving away just wasn't, you know, wasn't in the cards. Right? You know, the family was here. All my friends were here. So I was like, so I just, but yeah, we stayed, we planted and we just built from there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, w- I wonder sometimes because, uh, you know, like uh, my cousin Corey was like a brother. He, uh, he moved pretty much. Well, he wasn't the first one to move, but when he moved, it was almost like, okay. And me and Jay came up here and, and visited him a few times in the, the freezing cold of like February of uh, Toronto. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we did that a couple of times. And then um, uh, other family members started moving, like my cousins, like uh, like Tess and, and Monique, they started moving. And when that, when that happened, it was like, okay. And then I, I took a huge jump to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, and then it wasn't even a question when when it was time to move home uh, to Canada, whether it would be you know I had to move to Toronto because it was the largest city. Yeah, at that point, and, and the industry you were in was a lot different here than it was in Halifax finance. Yeah, industry. yeah. So, but you more know, opportunities, but finance industries. Uh, well, don't get me started on that, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that's a wow. uh, that's a. Uh, 
SOB industry. But anyway, yeah. So that's well, that's another that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Well, within <laughs> hindsight, within hindsight, you know, this was the place to be. Yeah. And for me, it was like my mother lived here, and you know, I still had my father's side of the family, and not you know, and some Joneses down there. But I also didn't know my mom very well, so I I wanted to sort of saw what what. Uh, what else could uh, come my way with the things I wanted to pursue as far as passions go. And that, re- that relationship was also a passion too, to sort of see how I could uh, fit that into my life and it would help propel me forward. You know, it was, it's been a long journey, but I, I honestly miss Halifax. I miss guys like you yeah, hanging out, um, you know, especially now as we get older and we're all growing and we see things from different perspectives yeah. and uh, uh, but you know, I, I really do love it here, you know? Yeah, definitely. Now, um, this has been great. Do you guys have anything to add before we wrap up? Uh, Tony? Oh, me? No. I mean, like, like I say, you know, if you talk to the young ones, the young ones are there, just, you know, keep tight, keep it good, right? That's about it, basically. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point, man. There's there's some uh, really young black uh, uh, people in the Nova Scotia area that are really active. And yeah. you're right, man, they're they're on it. And like we've connected with a couple of them through the podcast. And it really heartens me to to know that they're they're carrying a, a, a torch, a heavy torch, man. They are. I mean, and it's harder nowadays. I mean, like Jay, when we did recreation, I mean, there's, there's no rec nowadays for, for, for the, you know, the, the, the younger kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Everything's money, right? Everyone wants money for something. Mm. I mean, the, the sports now, the money is, it's outrageous to put kids into sports and family of two or three. It's like, it's hard. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Nathan, you got anything to add before we wrap up, man? Just I, I wanted to add just a little piece of the whole gentrification piece. And one thing I noticed as well is, again, growing up playing sports at the community wise, when my kids got into sports, I noticed how when I played, it was just kids from the North End or if you had a connection to the North End. So like your parents lived there, you played at the Y. Hmm. But when my kids started playing, what I started seeing is, you know, kids from Bedford, kids from Cold yeah. Harbor, kids yeah. from all these places coming. And when I look back at it, I looked at, okay, why are they coming? First off, I, I knew it's because of the top-notch coaching and right. mentorship that they were getting at the community. And also, yeah. it was it comes down to fees. Like Tony said, like, they put your yeah. kids in sports. It's, it's crazy expensive. But with the community holding, housing their own building in that, they could cut their fees kind of in half. Right? Yeah. So, right. like, when my middle guy played, so my middle guy played on a team with two kids that are actually – back and forth from the G league and the NBA, oh, yeah. which is pretty awesome. It's just go nice. to show the power of, you know, of, of the sports program that the community Y had. So Lindell Wigginton and, and Nate Darling, both, you know, doing their thing yeah. out there, which is, which is awesome to see. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. That's um, that connection sports. Like I, like uh, I wouldn't, I would never change it. Like uh, playing football with the uh, chargers back in the North end men, like for all those yeah. years. Um, and I remember, uh, funny story, I remember uh, trying out for QE um, in grade 10. And, um, and the coach at the time, uh, Tanner, um, he actually came up and he said, oh, yeah, I've seen you. you. You used to play for the Chargers, right? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said to me, 
yeah, we'll put all that aside. You know how to put the gear on. It's high school. (laughs) 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 But that was Tanner, though. That was Tanner. Yeah, yeah. Good old Tanner. Yeah. I know. Isn't that something? Yeah. All right. Well, Jay Jay Jones, take us out, man. Well, I mean, you know, what can I say, man? I want to thank you both for joining. It's it's good to sort of take a walk down memory lane and, and yeah. realize how how long our friendship has been, you know, since we were kids. Nathan, oh. I like three years old. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, damn. But you're right. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tony, you know, us growing up to to the two first black families in Klein Heights, a great yep. neighborhood and still a brotherhood. And, you know, yep. and uh, you know, and the connections you guys have with Derek, it's just good to see that you brothers are still uh, maintaining and doing your thing and speaking out about this and that, and, you know, just keep on keeping on. I'm going to awesome. shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys again, man. Thanks you guys. No Thanks problem. for having thank us. You. Right. Yeah. Thanks guys. You have been listening to Down Home. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, Nathan, man. Oh my goodness, man. I um, I was uh, when Jay City reached out to you and um, you were good to do the podcast. I was thinking how Uncle Charlie used to come by the house and uh, and um, bring rabbits. And uh, and um, <laughs> and you give me and Corey the rabbit feet, but the bone was sticking to the rabbit feet. <laughs> it's, it's funny you bring that up. I had a conversation just yesterday with a coworker about going to the old Guysboro Road and bringing the rabbits home in the back of my grandfather's station wagon. Oh <laughs> and then watching cousins Herbie and Randy help put skin them. Yeah. yeah. And then he'd give us those the rabbit paws. We'd take the school and you know, yeah, I know. Liked it. You thought they <laughs> yeah. were everyone thought you were so cool. Down <laughs> home cooking, man. Down home yes. cooking. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, back in the day. That rotates around to the surface with a purpose. Breaking new ground. The song Breaking New Ground from the breakdown.